Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning, the middle, and end of all we do. May openness and shalom mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, snag your cup of English breakfast. Oh, I thought you were going to go coffee. I was, but I changed my mind. All right. Um, now I just put beans on toast in a cup. There you go. To enjoy the Deep Waters podcast. Jace. Hi, Benjamin. <laughs> Welcome to our first ever short form Deep Waters podcast format. Yes. And I was actually just thinking about this. Yeah. Not to spoil anything, but the, the topic is contemplative prayer. <gasps> Spoilers. Which you probably already knew since you've read the title of the podcast. <laughs> um, but if you were planning on sitting in your armchair for an hour today... I love this. We've got half an hour of podcast for you. Yeah. And then you've got the rest of this half an hour to practice what we preached <laughs> and practice some contemplative prayer. Uh, that's exactly it. That's a good thought. So, yeah. And if you're thinking, but Jace, what is contemplative prayer? <clears throat> How do I do that? Well, you've come to the right place. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. That's the conversation today. Coming up next <laughs> on the Deep Waters Podcast. <laughs> That's a good voice. <laughs> um, Jordan Werner, our wonderful lead pastor, had a terrific message this past Sunday, which would yes. have been December 17th, mm -hmm. uh, if you're not listening in real time, and December, 20, December of 2023, Yes, <laughs> if you're deep into the future. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a great podcast. <laughs> no, it was a great sermon. <laughs> Welcome. Good morning. <laughs> Um, where he called out essentially, well, a lot of things, but I think the, the primary nugget that I got out of it was using Paul and Peter as examples. He called us to invite ourselves to be reformed by the Lord in our paradigms, Yes, um, to allow like this great elephant within us that pulls one direction to recognize that the Lord may be calling it to learn to be pulled another direction. Yes. Yeah. Um, which could require a lot of us, a lot of humility. Mm -hmm. Um, more than anything, I think right at first, which he pointed out, um, it calls for like an encounter with the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. He said, Jesus met Peter. Jesus met Paul. Yeah. Not some like clever thinker with a good argument. You know, it was an encounter with God. Totally. That started this paradigm shift. And so at the end of his sermon, he prayed that the Holy Spirit would actually encounter us. Mm -hmm. And then he called us to a second thing, which was contemplative prayer. And 
he didn't have time at that point to go much into detail. So we just want to take a little bit of time today to define what is contemplative prayer and how do we do it? And why does it make sense for what Jordan was inviting us into? So if you haven't listened to his sermon, um, it might be a wise idea to go back and do that to contextualize this conversation, but you don't have to do that. I would say it's a goodie though. It's so good. Yeah. He, he uses Peter and Paul as, um, kind of templates of what it looks like for someone with great conviction to be swayed by the Holy spirit into a a Christ aligned conviction. Wow. Good words. Oh, thank you. It was, yeah. Great conviction is a good, Good word. I think especially because one of Jordan's key points was we're not called to be people who lack conviction. Totally. Yeah. So a great conviction isn't a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but it's, if it's a great conviction misplaced, it's not the conviction that Christ is calling us to. Absolutely. Then we need to allow ourselves in humility to be reformed by the tender mercy of Jesus and the Holy spirit. Come on. Um, And he said, a way that that can happen is contemplative prayer. Yeah. Um, He contrasted it in the sermon with like going on social media and just proclaiming a really strong, great conviction Mm -hmm. in a post, you know, say on Twitter. Yeah. Or X. X, formerly known as Twitter. Formerly known. The social media platform formerly known as Twitter. Yes, yeah. Or uh, I've never had a Twitter. I don't know why mm-hmm. I, I, I use that because it seems like it has kind of become a public square app, but maybe that's not the case anymore. I think it's declining. Yeah. But even people post all kinds of things on or repost things on Instagram stories. Sure. Um, I think f- Facebook has its demographic that we always think of that like, yeah. you know, of people that just like, constantly are posting their opinions on whatever's happening. Mm. Um, yeah. So I would say like that is probably like maybe the older few generations is mm-hmm. the Facebook post, And then younger few is what you're putting on TikTok or liking or yeah. um, Instagram stories of, you know, how you can just reshare a post yeah. when it is time, mm-hmm. when the social justice train is a moving and you've got to wow. put that post in your story. Otherwise you're out of it. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And then silence is like you might as well be the culprit of totally. the injustice yeah because you're not utilizing your platform in order to make the like justice uh statement that everybody else is making mm-hmm. yeah yes. that's a tough spot to yeah be i think yeah the culture can can bring great conviction to us mm-hmm. um of like what we need to be doing yeah um but i think what pastor jordan is saying is we need to take it to the Lord in contemplative prayer first before we ever hit that share button. Even that's great. Um, so not necessarily this always has to be a, I want to share this contemplative prayer, move forward from there. Right. I think this is also (laughs) with anything in your life. Contemplative prayer has a very important place. Mm. Would you say that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Especially because our thoughts shape our lives. So if we have convictions that we don't even know about, they could be shaping our lives in a very subconscious way. I could be sort of accidentally living a selfish life or a life of prejudice towards a certain people group. Um, 
or so on and so forth. Like limiting myself in some form of a legalistic paradigm uh, that God never actually invited me into, but maybe in, this is hypothetically, maybe in the household that I was raised in, there was a very legalistic structure surrounding me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe one practical thing is I look at our youth at Riverhouse often because I'm always thinking about our youth and they could be raised to think that if they're not really emotive in worship, that they don't really love the Lord. Wow. Yeah. Um, and while I didn't get raised in an environment like River House, mm-hmm. becoming emotive in worship was like freedom for me. Yeah. For the youth of our church, it could look like freedom and it could look like um, like synthetic worship where you're forced to fabricate uh, like a sort of expression that isn't isn't really what God's calling you to. And, and then upon a foundation that is kind of faulty like that, you could hypothetically build a whole, like a a whole structure that's just built on sand. Yeah. You know, and that's an example of, Hey, there's a strong conviction that you might be raised in, in our midst. Um, that maybe the Lord wants to uproot in you. Are you going to humbly take your heart to the Lord and allow him to reform you. I think that's so good. I, we talk a lot on this podcast about even like the cultural soup that we swim in. Right. Which is a weird analogy. I just realized <laughs> nobody really <laughs> the swims wand. in soup. Yeah. I haven't in Literally, a few years. As far as um, I'm <laughs> I do recommend it though. Um, great for your skin depending on what's in skin. the soup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but <laughs> But uh, I think contemplative prayer is like pulling you out of the culture and just letting you be in the presence mm. of God so that maybe those cultural soup things do are kind of brought to the surface. That's good. Because then I think uh, enough time spent just beholding the Lord, contemplating the Lord, yeah. like you just, you start to kind of reestablish, I think, foundational beliefs. Yeah, it's excellent. Did you say that? Yeah. Okay. It's a, <laughs> okay. Yeah, great. It's like a great way to practice abiding. Yes. So maybe I'll just go ahead and define what contemplative prayer might look like. So if you don't have a picture of this in your head, you can imagine it. Um, I practiced it this morning. I set a timer on my phone for five minutes. Mm-hmm. That's not a big deal, right? Five minutes. Yeah. I sat in a wooden chair, so it wasn't too comfortable. <laughs> um, but it was still like nice and cozy. I put my feet on the floor and I lifted my palms up to the sky. And I just started breathing slowly. And as I was breathing, I was thinking about the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. flowing through me. Because like scripture points to our breath being like the wind of God, which is the Spirit. Yeah. And I said, Abba, Father, speak, your servant is listening. Occasionally I would say words like that, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, I was just silent. And the goal of contemplative prayer is that we would be unified to God. Not that we would come to him with 
some request Mm -hmm. or even like to express all of our gratitude, those things are really important. And that's a different kind of prayer. Yeah. Um, And in our culture, I think we can't have this conversation without talking about the ruthless elimination of hurry. (laughs) Amen to that. John Mark Comer's book, if you're not familiar with it and other, you know, books like it. What I'm going through right now that's really helpful is by John Staten. Nope. Tyler Staten. I don't know why John came out. Uh, He's the pastor of the pulpit that John Mark Comer used to preach through in Portland. Um, But anyway, Tyler Staten wrote a book called um, Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. Mm -hmm. Totally recommend this book. It's been really helpful. I really want to read that. It's high on my list. Mm, Yeah, definitely. If you haven't heard of it or you're writing it off for some reason, put it high on your list, listener. It's for sure worth it. It's so practical and wonderful to read. He's a great author, a great thinker. Um, And yeah, one of the chapters is all about just being still and knowing who is God, who I am in relation to God. Yeah. And that's one of the earlier chapters. I think he intentionally does that because we live in a culture that doesn't know how to be still. We're so hurried. We're so fast paced. I myself like came into the office before this podcast feeling very hurried this morning. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, we're going to do a 30 minute podcast. We've never done that before. Yeah. I have an appointment afterwards that's going to force us to do it quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And ironically, like didn't allow myself to just sit in rest. Um, But in reality, like the life that God is calling us to is not one of hurry. Our culture, cultural soup is one of hurry. And I think it forces us to not be present with ourselves, with our own needs or emotions in any given moment, with Mm -hmm. our soul needs. It forces us to not be aware of our relationship with the Lord in any given moment, to practice the presence of God in a hurried, noisy, busy culture is so challenging. Yeah. At one point, well, uh, actually a number of great thinkers have said something along these lines, but Dallas Willard, who's an incredible thinker on spiritual formation was asked, um, what like the primary way in our culture that we could follow Jesus Mm -hmm. is I'm not quoting this, right? Like the best practice. Yeah. Like what do I need to do Mm -hmm. in our culture more than anything else? And Dallas Willard responded, you need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from Hmm. your life. Yeah. And that's where John Mark Comer's title for his book came from. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think what Dallas Willard recognized and Henry Nowen has said really similar things. Like you can't really have a healthy relationship with God yeah. if you don't take time to just stop and be with him. And that doesn't even have to look like intercession. Yeah. I think that's what I think for me, when I think of, Oh, I've got a little bit of time or I've got this car ride or whatever. Mm. I kind of like, well, I need to be talking to God. Sure. Like that's like, that's probably the first priority. Um, wow. And so that's the, a great first priority. I, I just want to say what I'm, <laughs> well, 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 I not always oh, I am okay. in this sense, but like when I'm like, we, even when I think of, wow, I need to connect with God. My first thought is to be talking to God or reading about God. 
or listening to someone talk about God. Sure. So not like jamming out to Dead Mouse. Yes, not to Dead Mouse <laughs> all the time. That was only this morning. Um, That's so good. <laughs> I, but this idea of like unhurried mm-hmm. contemplative prayer is something I have not practiced a lot. Yeah. And feels at first when I'm hearing about it, like even like a secondary practice, but the more I've contemplated <laughs> contemplative <laughs> prayer, I'm like, wow, this is like, should be the foundation of all that we're doing. Wow. I love it. And I could be wrong there, but that's just, I was like just very compelled about even just how anti or countercultural it is. It's good. Um, to just, Hey, I've got time where I could be saying something, doing something. We love to think that the most productive things are creating something. Yeah. When the Lord so often just asks to, for us to be with him, yeah, it's good. to come away with him. Um, and yeah, so yeah. I'm not sure where I was going with that point, but I think there's yeah, great good. value in this. It's like insert that cliche line that we're not humans doing, we're human beings. Yeah, I love right? that. Human doings. Is that how people say that? Mm-hmm. Anyway. I'm not a human doing. Yeah. I'm a human being, yeah. Like, I've, I, I don't know if this is necessarily true, so I don't want to like throw comparison into this conversation. Mm-hmm. Though when I look at people that are really close to the Lord and have walked with him well for a long time, yeah, like some form of quiet contemplative prayer is a part of their prayer life. Um, for example, someone once asked Mother Teresa in the late 90s, when you pray, Teresa, Mother Teresa, what do you, what do you say? Mm-hmm. And she just stopped for a second and she said, I just listen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, if, if there's someone whose spiritual life I could model mine after mother Teresa is probably a good one to have in like the, the short list. Yeah, know? for sure. And she's That's saying, beautiful. Oh, I mean, my first thought is that I just listen. Wow. Of course, like a woman like that would be in step with the Lord in such a way that she's recognizing God is a God who speaks And she wants to just sit with him, be with him. And if he wants to speak, to hear him. Mm -hmm. And if I'm spending all my time thanking God for his many blessings in my life and then interceding, and I'm never stopping in the midst of that to listen, I'm never giving him the opportunity to speak. It's Mm -hmm. like a phone conversation where I say everything and I never let the other person say anything. They're they're not going to get a word in edgewise. Yeah. I, I also love the, like, I think contemplative prayer is... Part of it is listening, but I've, from what I'm reading, the expectation should just be presence with him. That's um, that, yes. that, like, if, if you feel like you sit down to practice this, um, contemplative prayer idea and you're just like, I haven't heard anything in, in a minute, I'm going to be done. Yeah. You know, I think, was it, I can't remember if it was John Mark Comer or Jordan that talked about like when you are married and like have like intimacy with any person mm-hmm. or in- intimacy with any person. Like, uh, there is a moment in your relationship where you can just sit in silence and be comfortable. Yes. And there's no expectation of someone to talk. 
if you're on a drive, you know, I remember the early days of dating. It's like you have to just act constantly be asking questions and like trying to pull mm. stuff out of each other. And now it's like, you can just drive and be with each other and you leave feeling close and connected. Um, and wow. so I think that's part of the, p- the picture of this practice as well. As a verbal processor and an extrovert and a social human, this is mm-hmm. hard for me to wrap my mind around. For sure. Yeah. Me yeah. too. I mean, you're, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> it's good. I have a couple questions. Sure. Um, this sounds like Eastern meditation. Oh yeah. Is there like, is this just the church mm-hmm. latching onto some, uh, current trends in culture even? Wow. Yeah. Or has this been a practice f- throughout church history? Great question. It has been a practice throughout the history of the people of God, not even church history. Like, so, um, some form of it, mm-hmm. um, different Christian monastics have for sure practiced contemplative prayer through the history of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like one thing that we're just more familiar with like Eastern meditation for whatever reason in our culture, cause contemplative prayer isn't something that we practice very well. Yeah. I think as a church in the United States, at least, um, but hopefully you listener are thinking, Oh, that's not true for me. I grew up always practicing this and that's amazing. Praise God. Um, but like the Eastern Orthodox monks, for example, got in the habit of saying, um, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Mm-hmm. And then they would sit in silence. And when they needed to call their attention back to the Lord, they'd say that again, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Or sometimes they would drop the a sinner part and just say, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Mm-hmm. Or just Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Which you could say, you know, that sounds like a prayer, like a meditative word, like like in Sanskrit, that word om mm-hmm. is the kind of the classic thing that you say when you're meditating, you know, yeah. and you throw your hands up and you connect your index finger with your thumb on either hand. I don't know what that, if that's like a yoga pose or where that comes from. I'm and sure comes I don't want to get into yoga. This, uh-huh. that's a huge conversation that yeah. is totally unrelated yes, to contemplative prayer. Yeah, yeah. And that's the point that like, Sitting in a quiet space and focusing your attention on God is a historically Christian thing to do. Mm -hmm. And like Eastern religious practices have their own versions of that. Yeah. But that doesn't negate that the Christian version is an extremely biblical and well-valued practice of prayer. Okay. That's good. Does that answer yeah, the question? No, that's really good. I'll, I'll just say too, that the word contemplation is coming from not just to like sit and contemplate an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, the connotations of that word for whatever reason threw me off when I first heard contemplative prayer. So I'll just read, it comes from second Corinthians three, eight, which is a verse that we love at river house because we're all about beholding mm-hmm. and becoming. Yeah. I think the worship team wrote a a song about this. Yes. Did they? Yeah. We even have some like worship team merch about this that Jake bottles designed. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it says in second Corinthians three eighteen, and we all with unveiled face beholding that's the word right there or contemplating the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another 
from, for this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. The NIV says contemplating the glory of the Lord. Wow. But the ESV and a ton of other translations say beholding or like looking as in a mirror mm-hmm. is another translation. I think that the King James version says that. That's cool. I feel like beholding feels more um, like you're in, like you're encountering something that is alive and mm. actually outside of yourself. Yes. Because I think you can con like I can contemplate what the Eiffel Tower looks like. Sure. And try to like think about its rivets and lights and whatever footings or whatever and just like think about it. But when you're beholding something, you're like there in person. Wow. Almost, you know? That's how like I feel like I can differentiate those. Oh and in my head. And so it's like, Hmm. wow, when we sit down with God, he's there with us in person, encountering Mm. us like in the spiritual realm. Yeah. And so it's not just like a, let me just think about this concept for a little bit or just, you know, continue to just, yeah, whatever. It's like, you're just, you're in the presence. Mm -hmm. And there's also when you behold something, I think something that the word contemplate doesn't do well is you can just kind of just be there Hmm. and behold contemplate. feels more of like an active thing. Oh, when sure. Holding could just be more of like a, I'm just here. Just and looking, just looking, absorbing, absorbing. the glory. <laughs> um, and I think that when I, I practiced this yesterday a little bit, I found that kind of brought the pressure down of like trying to do anything. Yeah. I was like, I'm just here. So like, Hey God, I'm here. Yeah. You know, Yeshua, I need you. And then just stay focused on that. It's good. And like, that's, that's, I feel like the, the, the practice that takes effort is the unwinding of our hurried life, Mm -hmm. but not actually just trying to like figure out ways of, or defining God. Cause you're just going to, you're going to encounter him. Mm -hmm. Amen. I don't know. I'm just asking questions. (laughs) That's an incredible delineation between what we know of Eastern meditation and then Christian contemplative prayer. Because that Eastern meditation is like, I'm looking inward. I'm trying to like take my own self in myself outside of my experience of reality in mm-hmm. some form of exaltation. The, uh, yeah. You know, I'm, and I'm not sure, listener, if you're super familiar with Eastern thoughts or the way that they think. But the, the goal is to be removed from reality. And a way of doing that is by going deep inward. And... If we're going deep inward in ourselves when we're contemplatively praying, it's because it's deep inside of us that we commune with the living God mm-hmm. who is transcendent and far beyond us, but also lives within us. That's what um, St. Teresa of Avila would call our interior castle. I don't know if you've ever heard of no, that I or haven't. read her book. Wow. She's an incredible mystic um, deep, yeah, deep relationship with the Lord. And she wrote a book called interior castle. That's all about, um, contemplative prayer, going deep within yourself in order to commune with God at the most like base level of your being, Hmm. the Holy spirit finds you because he lives inside of you. (laughs) Isn't that cool? That's so good. So yeah, I'm glad you pulled that out. It's relational. This is not isolated. 
Um, it's relational. It's, it also just feels like abiding, mm-hmm. you know, John 15, when Jesus is calling us to abide in him as branches abide in a vine. So that's the point. Like if you're sitting there thinking, uh, what's happening, mm-hmm. this isn't working those kinds of thoughts, then just be aware those thoughts are coming to you from like a need for productivity, maybe like our hurried productive culture. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think that way. It's not about what is being accomplished. It's just about existing within God's presence and beholding him. Mm-hmm. And as your attention drifts from him, which it will, cause we're human. Yeah. <laughs> then as soon as you recognize that it's drifted, don't be hard on yourself. Just call your attention back to him. And Frank Laubach, another one of my favorite mystic people (laughs) who wrote a book called Letters of a Modern Mystic, which everybody should also read. Um, There's a lot of book dropping today. Um, Frank Laubach said, if I lose attention from God every minute, a hundred times while I'm praying, Mm -hmm. then that just gives me a hundred opportunities to call my attention back to him. Whoa, that's so good. Isn't that gorgeous? Wow, that's beautiful. (laughs) Come on. I love that. I love that. So instead of beating yourself up, just say, wow, thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to turn back to you. Yes. I love that so much. And the whole point is like, what is this accomplishing? It's accomplishing intimacy. And that's, that's the heartbeat of Christianity. It's not about the gifts that he gives, right? Mm -hmm. I just want you, nothing else, nothing else will do, Mm -hmm. right? Those kinds of worship songs. If that's true about us, then contemplative prayer is our, that's our home base. So good. And everything else about life can flow out of this space. Um, So yeah, we'll just challenge you, listener, to give it a shot. Yeah. And see if the Lord starts to speak to you But the goal isn't, again, just to listen to his voice. So if he's not speaking, that's okay. It's not like Mm -hmm. it's not working. The goal is just to be with him. And if you want any more on this conversation, I'd encourage you to go to Mm practicingtheway.org, which is an incredible newer nonprofit ministry that's designed to help Christians practice um, the different Christian disciplines. Yeah. And in their prayer discipline series, they have four different steps they lead you through. Talking to God is the first, and talking with God, and then listening to God is the third. And then the fourth, which is different than listening to God, is contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. Being, so, is it being with God? Oh, is being with the, God. The title? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I'll, we'll link that in the show notes, too. Mm-hmm. So check that out. They have podcasts, resources. So good. Yeah, there's tons of books that you could read, obviously. But yeah, we challenge you to go into that space if you never have before. And if you have, just to keep doing it Mm -hmm. and to find how the Lord wants to reform you in intimacy with him. There's actually a lot of great scholarship that blows my mind that beholding the glory of God was what Saul was doing on the road to Damascus when Jesus knocked him off of his horse. Oh, interesting. And, um, I, I don't know all the scholarship behind why people think that way, but N.T. Wright, one of my favorite thinkers Mm -hmm. says that, that more than likely, um, Saul would have been like imaginatively beholding 
the glory of God by thinking about one of the scripture accounts of a vision of the throne room Mm -hmm. that we see in like Ezekiel or Isaiah. And then in that space of beholding, he was actually encountered by the living God and was able to have his transformative experience. That's cool. So it's because he went to that place. And I guess I could be wrong, but in chapter 10 of Acts, doesn't Peter go up on the rooftop to pray? And it's in prayer that God encounters him in that vision. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. It's like, I mean, and that's why you see even, you know, Paul, it's like, he's not just like gets knocked off his horse. It's like, what's going on? You know, like (laughs) what in the world? He's like, who are you? Wow. It's like, he's like, immediately knows it. Oh, God's trying to get my attention here. That's like, he's, he's believing that he's praying to you know, Yahweh, beholding Yahweh. And he yeah. asks Yahweh, who are you? And he goes, I'm Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, so good. he's like broken hearted. Wow. Cause he, cause he is so, he has such great convictions about Yahweh, wow. but did like miss the Jesus part. And then it was like this complete unwinding and this re foundational moment wow. of, of who he's actually serving. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Praise God. Did you, Sorry. No, you're perfect. Okay. No, I just pulled it up and it does say... <laughs> no, you're perfect. Uh, chapter 10, verse 9. On the next day, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. Okay. And then he became hungry and then the vision happens. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we friends... Got, we got to land the plane there. We got to land the plane because we've hit our time limit <laughs> and we're trying to practice self-control. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we just, we love you and hope that this little teaching helped um, understand some of the stuff that Jordan was inviting us into in that sermon. And Mm -hmm. um, we pray alongside you that all of our convictions that are not rooted accurately in the Lord would be uprooted. Come on. And that we would discover wholly new convictions where we're called to them. Um, whether they be about political things or spiritual things, I don't know, anything. Relational things, financial things. Wow. Anything that is what what it is it's part good. of being human. That was a terrible sentence. Yeah. That's, All aspects of our life yeah. made the Lord reestablish Christ-like convictions. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we, we ask you for that, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now enjoy a nice session of contemplative prayer. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, please do. All right. Peace, friends. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Waters podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, We meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse Worship Team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.